So that's Phil for me, and that's Alex. Oh, yeah. See, this is George. No, wait. That's... No, stop. Both of you stop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so fucking annoying. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Alpibunga Bunga. The date is the 13th of May 2021. My name is Alex Ochile, and I'm here, as always, with George Hoare and Philip Cunliffe. Today, we're discussing Phil's book, another of Phil's books. We discussed uh, very recently a book of his called The New 20 Years Crisis. Um, and today, we're discussing another of his books that came out relatively recently called Cosmopolitan Dystopia, International Intervention, and The Failure of the West. Hello, welcome. Welcome, uh, guest Phil. Thank you. It's really great to be here. Thanks for having me on. It's really kind of you. Do I need we've to run you through how this works? invited you back. <laughs> I know, even better. Yeah, yeah. P- explain to me, please, how the podcast works. Yeah, so um, we ask you questions and then uh, disagree and then tell you how awful we found your book. <laughs> so it's meant to be a really unpleasant, really unpleasant experience, both for you and the listener. Um, because they should be cringing as as they listen to this. Sounds 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 about right. Sounds like my typical experience interacting with you guys. So that sounds fine. <laughs> or just your typical experiences. Full stop. Uh, <laughs> right. So um, to get started, I, I actually should make a note that there's going to be some issues that we don't deal uh, with in this episode, but that we did deal with in the previous episode when we last interviewed Phil, um, talking about his book, The New Twenty Years Crisis. Let me just say what those are, because you can then refer back to that episode, which will have come out on. Uh, the 18th of May, it's episode 193, um, whereas this one's coming out in, in June. So um, the two of the issues, one is about realism. And so the international relations theory of realism, holding that states act according to their own interests and that you have an international system which uh, drives states to, to be sort of competitive, um, that realist critics have actually ended up in some ways the most radical critics of the international order today because they're the ones looking at, for example, uh, US-led interventions around the world and going, actually, these act against American interests, they lead to more conflict and more war, and so they're bad, basically. Um, And again, you know, Phil, if you think I'm mischaracterizing it, feel feel free to jump in. Um, The other concept, which we're not going to be dealing with here, but I just want to kind of remind listeners what it is, because um, maybe Phil might make reference to it and and to avoid having to go through all this again, um, is inverted revisionism. So, I mean, revisionism is basically the idea that, for example, the sides on the losing side of the First World War, like Japan or Germany, were revisionist powers, were ones who would want to come in and change the rules of the way the international order worked. Um, Whereas what you have today is the leading states, the winners of the Cold War, in particular the United States, but also Britain, France, and others, um, wanting to uh, make changes to the way that the the world is run, um, despite the fact that the rules are, were created by them and in in theory should suit them. There should be status quo powers, and yet they're the ones going around and ripping up the rule book on sovereignty and on intervention, um, which uh, has often proved self-defeating. And so this is something that Phil calls inverted revisionism, but you should go check out that episode, which was episode nine, 193 on the New 20 Years Crisis, which is an excellent book. Uh, check that out. Um, if you haven't heard it yet. So to get started with uh, with the matter at hand, actually, we're going to start with a little discussion of France, because what's happened, uh, this has been in the news recently, and I assume it won't have gone away by the time you're listening to this, is that 
French officers have written a letter, uh, sort of an open letter, intervening in French domestic affairs effectively, arguing that they've been all fighting counterinsurgency wars in the Sahel in North Africa, um, trying to keep peace and effectively fighting Islamists, fighting Islamic jihadists, and that they come back home and that France is overrun by Islamists, supposedly. Um, And this is, in a way, a kind of perverse form of blowback, is it not, Phil? Um, a form of blowback of, on the, of the war on terror in a different way to which we have been led to expect. Yeah, so blowback was conceived of to talk about the um, way in which, you know, what was essentially a CIA outfit, Al-Qaeda, in the case of um, when the US set it up to um, wage their war against the Soviet-backed regime in Kabul during the 1980s. And then, you know, like every kind of crappy Hollywood script, Al-Qaeda, you know, CIA agent goes rogue and so and attacks the US and that was blowback. And this is a different kind of blowback where the democratic institutions of the French state itself are being called into question by, um, you know, the armed forces of that state. So, um I think, I mean, the connection is, you know, there's a kind of a strong nationalist and Praetorian tradition in the French military stemming back to the 1950s and the collapse of the Fourth Republic and the way in which the French military installed the Gaulle over the crises of French imperialism back then. So it's not, um, you know, it's not unexpected behavior, I suppose, on the part of the French officer class, because there's precedence for it in the post-war period. Um, The connect. There is, I think, a kind of a deeper connection in as much as the, you know, how far it runs into the ranks of the French military itself. And I think that's a separate question because there was a follow up letter to the initial letter, which was, you know, the letter was all by the first letter was all by retired French military officers um, and senior officers who you'd expect to be the kind of the the nationalist, Gaullist, or even anti-Gaullist, depending on how far right they are, um, officer class. But then there was a follow-up letter, which according to the publication Valeur Actuelle, that published it, you know, over 100,000, I think, um, serving personnel, rank-and-file personnel supported it. And I think that is, you know, I think there is more to it there in that latter case, because um, you have... French soldiers deployed in the forever war across the Sahel, the French forever war across the Sahel. So even though the American forever war in Afghanistan might be winding down, the French forever war in the Sahel continues. But they, you know, they're so kind of heavily involved in overseeing, not just kind of fighting jihadists, but in overseeing, in being given kind of a greater prominence in terms of French politics, French political life and French foreign policy. And also in terms of um, having to oversee the complete kind of political reconstruction of those states in North Africa. And I wonder if that boosts the paternalism of counterinsurgency, essentially. I wonder if that boosts their Praetorian instincts and their feeling of significance Mm. and importance and their right to overrule elected representatives back home as a result of their experience in what are effectively nation-building counterinsurgency campaigns. But there's something specific about those campaigns that feeds back into how they view their own role in domestic politics. Yeah, it's an in- it's an interesting one, and I'm sure we'll we'll get into the the logic of cosmopolitan dystopia, obviously in in the discussion. But there is a sense in which you know the interventions uh, abroad, you know, they have their their echoes and their repercussions domestically. Hey there, you've reached the end of a short excerpt from an episode that's been released only to our patrons. 
If you'd like to join us and gain access to around two Patreon-exclusive episodes a month, please go to patreon.com slash We'd love to have you.